This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet. We will discuss UFC Fight Night, Woodley vs. Burns, debut a new segment, Fighter Stocks with GSP, discuss what's next for Tyron Woodley, good guy John Jones, fighter pay, and go over our weekly segments, Isn't He Awesome, and Real World Callouts. Last but not least, we will preview UFC 250. Here we go. All right, welcome to this week's episode of Just Like That. We are going to start here today with the recap of the Woodley Burns UFC Fight Night. Another good fight card. This is, um, well, we what did we have, one week off? Two weeks off? Two weeks off. We had a two-week break, which I needed because I had fight fatigue, if you guys remember. Um, but I'm fully recovered. I'm back in the game. Watched every single fight. Uh, I'm going to start off by patting myself on the back real quick. Uh my guys last week, my guys I profiled last week, Jamal Hill, Sprite Carlisle, just wanted to point them out. Um, Jamal looked good. Got the text from Halle Berry after the fight, so he's got to be as high as ever. Um, striking looked crisp. Knocked his guy out in the first round, I told you guys. Um, Spike Carlisle didn't get the W, but he got the W in our hearts, I think. Um, win-win for you, Ryan, because you bet against him. So you got the win and you got to see him. <laughs> We all got the loss because we didn't get to hear him on the microphone afterwards, but I just want to start out by patting myself on the back. So, Also, I think I was 6-2 uh, six, six and two on my picks. So, um, Good card, though. Yeah, good card. I mean, it was a really good card. Main event delivered. I mean, a lot of fights on the card delivered. So, yeah, I had a good time watching the event. And, you know, on paper, it seemed like this was, um, you know, the one that may not deliver, but it showed up just like all the fights did in uh, Jacksonville. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good card. Yeah, definitely. And uh, on that point, um, we were back at the Apex Center. I thought that that just – I don't know. I thought the Apex Center – Jacksonville, it felt weird to see it in a, in a full, empty arena. I thought watching fights at the Apex Center with no crowd felt completely natural. Um one thing that stuck out to me is that smaller octagon, I didn't know. I even said on the last episode, I said, I don't know if it's a big deal or not. That looked tiny to me. Yeah, it, it did look small. I think it may have affected a few of the fights, but overall, I don't think it made a big difference. I think the, uh, the Woodley fight, it led to him kind of leaning up against the cage a little more, although he always does that. But I think the, shorter, the smaller cage leads to that even more. But other than that, I don't think the octagon size is a big deal. Uh, most of the fights... I don't think it affected at all. And, yeah, I like the Apex Center as well. I think it's, uh, it's got a good, um, good feel to it for these fight, fight cards with no fans. Um, they kind of designed it for that because they don't really have fans for the um, Dana White Tuesday Night con- Contenders uh, cards and stuff like that, which they usually hold there. So, yeah, I thought it was uh, definitely a step up from a big, empty arena. It kind of, you know, the big, empty arena kind of just gives you, uh, it's a weird, a weird feel compared to, like, the smaller Apex Center. Yeah, it was de- that was definitely it was definitely an improvement in the optics. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, that's that were that was my thoughts exactly. It seemed like the ambience was better. They had better lighting. The walkouts looked a little more natural. It just didn't seem as weird. It felt right. I I I think that this UFC 250 card that's coming up is going to look good in there. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to that too. But um, I think that the Apex Center just delivered as a good venue. 
and uh, kind of makes things feel a little more normal. So we'll move on now to our um, our recap. We're going to recap uh, as um, as our fighter stocks with GSP. Anyway, on a positive note, George St. Pierre is back. Fighting business, it's like the stock market. Some guys, sometimes their stock is high, some guys their stock is low, and it's a question of timing. We don't know who's, who's up and down, it fluctuates so, so fast. Whose stock are you buying? Who's are you selling this week? All right, first, you know, buying, I'm gonna start with the most obvious. I'm gonna go with Gilbert Burns. Um, buying that obviously put a you know great performance on Tyron Woodley, former champion. Uh, so I think you got to buy Gilbert Burns. He looked like he did just as well, if not better, than Kamara Usman did taking the belt from Tyron Woodley. So I think he's the same fighter. He looked you know about the same. I don't think he's any worse than when he fought Kamara. So I mean you got to buy Gilbert Burns, and you know I think he may leapfrog Masvidal. Although I heard rumors that uh, that fight's kind of the done deal. They're just like finishing up a few things. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, if he wasn't going to sign before, he better sign now because I think Burns would jump on it in a second. Um, yeah, that was a, that was an incredible performance. His stock's got to be as high as ever. You were actually a big Gilbert Burns um, stock buyer up to this point. You sold off right before this fight. Are you, you're, so you're back on board yeah, now? Yeah, but yeah, I was on the Gilbert Burns train here for a while, and uh, yeah, we're going to keep it rolling. So I got, got lots of stocks for the cheap. Yeah, you cashed out, but you're back on board. Um, I'm going to buy Spike Carlisle's stock, not necessarily because he won or lost, I should say. He didn't win, but um, he's going to be a fan favorite in no time. This is—I saw this dude on the Rich or the Norfolk card. I profiled him last week. I'm buying his stock as an entertainer and as a fighter. He's got like that platinum parry. He's going to book fights no matter win or lose. But I mean, I thought he was. A, everyone said his cardio was going to be the issue, but I think it's his pace. He was an animal out there, like. Um, I, I think anybody would have guessed that they fought like he fought, but he's clearly a monster with strength. He's a character outside the octagon. He's a character inside the octagon. He walked away with 10 seconds left, um, in the round and got clocked from behind. I don't know what he was doing. He was, uh, I think a lot of people found out who he was. And, uh, I think he's going to be like a, one of those fan favorites that gets a pop every time he gets booked. So even with a loss, I think his stock went up, um, uh, selling stock, I think the whole Shevchenko family took a dive this weekend. Uh, the whole family, the Shevchenko family crime syndicate, apparently they have a weaker link. I'm not sure what was going on. Uh, the she the lesser-known Shevchenko sister, I believe she was even a favorite. We picked, we both picked her to lose. Um, that didn't go well for her at all. I think I don't think she won a round, and I think she got 10-8'd in a couple. So I'm selling that stock. Um, Valentina is going to have to, uh, disown or break off or something, but the whole, the whole, um, the whole family kind of took a dive this weekend. Yeah, exactly. I got two more buyings, uh, stocks that I'm buying. I'm buying Billy Quarantillo. We'll say that first because you went with Spike. I mean, Billy also put on a great performance. Can't go yeah. wrong with either side of that fight. Um, my other one I'm buying is Brandon Royvel. I think it's a good time to buy him because he was talking about, he was just, had to go back to his job the next day. So, I mean, his stock's dirt cheap. You know, he's coming off of the, who knows, 7-Eleven uh, shift. And, um, yeah, so I, I'd definitely buy Brandon Royvel. He got that 50K, which I'll go over later. But 
Oh, yeah, he's quitting his job for sure. Uh, that's a perfect one, too, because it's, like, right in the midst of all this fighter pay stuff. So um, that was a – that post-fight interview was was something with DC talking about he was – he just submitted Tim Elliott, and he was pissed that he – I don't know what. He got his 50K. I thought he was going to cry. Yeah, it was I thought rough. he was going to cry. It was, it was rough, cr- man. It was crazy, he was, but he, I thought it was a great fight. Yeah, I thought so, too. I, I thought Tim Elliott looked good in that fight. It wasn't even like Tim – he gassed, but – he looked good in that fight up until he got submitted. So, like DC said, I think the kid was just being hard on himself in his debut. But I guess if you have to get up and go to work today, after the day after you um, got to fight somebody in a cage, I guess you might feel like that. Um, yeah, and that, that leads us to uh, my, next, my last selling, which would be Tim Elliott. I'm going to sell Tim Elliott. He was, I think, kicked out of the UFC already. He was already cut, and then they brought him back because of – you know, they just need fighters for these cards that they're uh, putting on. And then, yeah, and then he goes and loses to the, the clerk at 7-Eleven. So, I mean, <laughs> he we got to sell Tim Elliott. I think he's going to be cut again soon when they don't need somebody that's just willing to fight anybody anytime. Um, you know, he won the ultimate fighter to face uh, Mighty Mouse, but ever since then he's been on a, you know, he loses to a lot of guys. He finds a way to lose in a lot of these fights. Yeah, that's exactly like. and, right. And, that's kind of the uh, the issue with him. So, I mean, he should probably be like, haven't lost a fight in a while, but he just finds a way to lose guys that he's clearly better to lo- two guys that he's clearly better than. Although, I don't know if he's better than Brandon Royville. I think he had a great performance, so I think they're pretty similarly matched. But I don't know. He just he came out way way too hard in that first round. It was a ridiculous pace that he's never going to be able to keep up. So we're selling Tim Elliott. Yeah, uh, selling Tim Elliott, but buying the mullet, right? Oh yeah, we're gonna buy the mullet. Yeah, that maybe that, we'll put a mullet on Brandon Royvel. The mullet, yeah, oh yeah, somebody's got to take over the mullet. The mullet is undefeated. Um, I got a sell for you. I got sell. I'm selling Brock Weaver. What a scrub, dude. Oh yeah, were he's you, the he's a bum. Oh, n- more than a bum. Was did you hear about his hype before he came? Like, were you? Do you remember his Contender Series hype and his debut hype and yeah, stuff? What was somehow that all about? He got, I, I don't know. I, I'm not super familiar with it, but he won a fight in the Contender Series, and for some reason, people... Th- he's been in the UFC a long time. I know... I, or not in the UFC, I'm sorry. He's been fighting for a long time. Um, he's It was kind of his comeback, the Contender Series. I don't think he should have ever even gotten a chance in the Contender Series. That's for young up-and-comers, not like washed-up journeymen. But somehow, he got a fight. They might must have needed somebody to fight. Uh, he took it. I guess he made the most of it, but... Just seems like the, uh, you know, maybe one of the worst fighters to be on the UFC roster currently. I was just about to say, he's like borderline getting cut fighter. But, I mean, the guy, I, I'll talk about Roosevelt Roberts a little later. He fought, the guy he fought was good. But, I mean, uh, Brock Weaver sucks. Like, he's he's got to be, like, borderline cut. I don't know what the hype was about. I remember hearing it. I was never a part of it. But I, I did. he has no no tools. There's just no tools. Um, he got that bullshit win for the DQ, but so I'm selling him. I'm buying Jamal Hill seven, eight. No, now I believe if you didn't know who he was before, you probably do now. He's got hands super long. It's about six, four. Um, I just think he, I, I saw him coming in. I did. I thought this would be a good test for him, but I mean, he's, he's got crisp stand up. I've never, I don't know what his ground game's like, but he's going to be hard to take down. He's really long, good range. So. I'm buying him, so and obviously I'm buying Gilbert Burns. I'm all over that. I feel like his star power. We we already went over this, but I feel like his star power is um gonna be like 
one of the brightest he'll be one of the brightest stars in these next few months kind of like a Jorge Masvidal type ascension because just because he uh he's now at the top of the mix and I hear people saying now maybe he is the best test for Usman since he's got a ground game and stand up so um you can't really you can't really skyrocket faster than that so I feel like his stock's as hot as it's ever been and maybe as hot as it'll ever be Yeah, and then um, that's all I have for buying and selling. I don't have anyone left, so I'm yeah. Well, except for we can finish off with because this kind of leads us into our next segment. We are obviously both selling Tyron Woodley. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. And the next the, our next topic is uh, what's next for Tyron. So you got any? Um, obviously, we're selling him, but what do we got next for Tyron Woodley? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you have to sell Tyron Woodley at this point. There's just nothing left to hang on to. You're talking about he's lost ten straight rounds. And how many times has he been 10 aided Two or th- three, maybe, in, in the last 10 rounds? I don't know. We talked about it in his last last episode. Maybe if he lost, he might retire. I thought he would win this fight. Like, I didn't. I just didn't expect a flat performance. Not, not to take anything away from Gilbert Burns, but um, I've never seen Tyron like this except for his last fight. This was just like a continuation of the Usman fight. Uh, maybe he's on the end of his – I don't know if it's focus, hunger – age he's 38 years old um i don't know what's next for him but it's certainly not going to be it might be a mid-range contender but uh, i don't i don't see him ever getting back to where he was this was his chance if he won this he might have got another title shot in say in six months but i this is either the beginning of the end or we're midway to the end or close to the end but uh, it only it only get it only ends from here you know what i mean yeah, and I, I agree. I think it, it goes back to kind of, it seems to be, and it's not just Tyron Woodley, when you lose the belt, it's hard to come back from that. It just, I mean, countless fighters have lost their belt, and you think they're going to come back looking exactly they like they have on their title run, but they don't. They come back and they they look like a shell of themselves. I mean, Tyron Woodley's not the first. He won't be the last. Very, very few fighters, it seems like, have have lost the title and come back with the same hunger drive that it takes to get the title back. I think they think it's going to be easy. I don't, I don't know. I'm not a fighter, so I, I really don't know what it is. It's hard to put a finger on, but it just, it just goes to show it's really hard to come back from, uh, you know, from losing that title, it seems like. Yeah, that's a really good point because how many, how many times have we seen a guy just fly through all the confidence in the world, get to the belt, and then it's like, it just seems like that just gets 10 times harder once they lose it to get it back. Um, yeah, and, and going on that, Tyron just, like, he had the belt for a while. He didn't just win it and lose it, you know. He, yeah. he had the belt. It kind of makes me wonder. It's not really on topic, but I guess it is a little bit. I, I really want to know how Max Holloway comes back. Like, because that's, like, is he going to, you know, kind of follow the path of champions losing their belt, or is he going to be more like a, a GSP and come back and take it and keep it for a long time again after that? Yeah, and uh, the interesting thing with Max Holloway is people forget. I think he's like only like 28 years old. He, yeah, he feels like he's years. been around. Uh, he's got some fight miles on him. Holy cow! You talk about a guy with some fight mileage. Um, so he's got a lot of variables, and he's got a super tough matchup with Volkanovski. So that's a good that's a good point with him. Kind of as a sidebar, Tyron's 38 years old, so definitely time's not in his favor, and. Just, just another thing. Just another point for Tyron. It feels like he went away. For, he went away for a long time, but as far as fights go, the last time he fought, he he had the belt going into the octagon. So it's like, 
as far as fights go, it's just been one fight to lose it and one fight, and then he loses his next fight. So um, he had the belt. He defended it five times, I think. Uh, I've heard fighters say, numerous fighters say in different interviews and whatnot, like the stress of having the belt and everything. It's just like a, every, you got a target on your back, and it's just everyone's coming for you. I wonder if just the, once you lose the belt, um, you kind of just lose that instinct. I'm not sure, but you're right. You're right about them losing the belt and not get having trouble getting it back, or it seems like they're going to get the rematch in the bag. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll have to revisit this with Max Holloway because it sounds like he's going to get that rematch with Volkanovski. I think Dana even said that's the next uh, next fight there. So we'll keep an yeah, eye on that. One more thing on that. I I would love to see fighters start. I know it's the UFC, and they say you know there's no easy fights, but. I would love to see fighters start taking, as soon as they lose that belt, take a step back. You don't need to fight the number one contender, you know? As soon as you lose that belt, fight number eight, number nine. Don't fight the, you know, the hottest up-and-comer there is. Just yeah. to, you know, you need to take a step back, get some cage time, you know, see what it's like to be in the cage not being a champion, and then go out there and, you know, all the while you can be pre, you know, kind of focusing on getting the belt, who's the champion now, but take an easier fight, kind of get back in the groove, and then go out there and try to challenge for the belt. Yeah, that's more of like the boxing. Boxers usually yeah. take two tune-ups before they fight a real fight. So Yeah, and I'm not I'm not talking tune-up fight. I'm yeah, just I know saying what you mean. Not, yeah, not like the, the top guy, you know, the toughest matchup, you know, the next guy in line for the belt. Yeah, not just doing the straight line of killers. Yeah, and I think that plays a big role, too, of when they lose their belt, man. They've just been fighting the best of the best. It's just the number one contender always fighting. They're always fighting him. That's what's so amazing about John Jones's run. He's always fighting the next best guy. There's never been – they could step back, get a get a three-rounder against a guy, a competitive three-rounder against a guy, and um, get their confidence back, get some cage time back. Uh, there's a – it just seems, yeah, it seems like whenever they lose the belt, they immediately want the rematch, which the rematch is one thing, but the number one contender thing, it's like, I don't know, I guess the grind just never stops for them. I wonder how much of a wear and tear it puts on their bodies and mentals too. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, that's all I really got on Tyron. I, I hope he gets back or, if, you know, if he wants to retire and do, you know, the TMZ thing or whatever, you know, I, you know, I think that's a good route for him too. Yeah, he's a, he's a welterweight legend. Um, he had the belt for a long time. I was always a Tyron fan, especially a fight fan. Uh, we both said we, we never thought he was boring or anything like some of the criticisms. So, um, yeah, I hope he comes back. I think he's got a couple fights back left in him if he, if he wants to. But we'll see. I think it's either the beginning of the end. I think it's, it's at least the beginning of the end. So um, we'll see with that. So um, we got a lot of John Jones this week, though. More so after the fights, I think. Well, there's just been a lot of John Jones going on. We had the John Jones Nagano super fight, which started a new beef. So now we have the John Jones versus Dana White beef that's going on. Um, just to fill everybody in, Dana says John asked for an unreasonable, crazy amount of money. John says I I want to be paid. Um, I want to be paid more for a super fight, and then he said something about something along the lines of Deontay Wilder money or something in that ballpark. Um, Dana says it's ridiculous. They kind of gotten in a, in a he said, she said type of thing where, I mean, it ended with John Jones. He literally said, release me from my contract. Another promotion will pick me up or something along those lines. So I don't know what's going on with these guys. I don't think John's going anywhere, but he did say he claims he relinquished the title and he claims he wants out of the UFC. Um, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, 
one thing it just popped in my head. I don't know. This might be unsubstantiated, but do you think, because this John Jones isn't the first guy recently or champion. You know, Henry Cejudo, we're going to kind of talk about that in a little bit. You know, as you were saying before we started the on air here, um, he retired for fighter pay basically too. It's part of it at least. So do you think these champions kind of not wanting to fight or request more money has anything to do with being on um, ESPN pay-per-view now? And maybe they aren't, they don't have that drive to get those pay-per-view points because there's no chance at it anymore because um, they're not selling as much on the ESPN because they always, you know, could make that big check by selling a million pay-per-views, you know? But yeah, maybe pay-per-views are selling, you know, so much less because of being on ESPN now that, that they want more base pay, you know, to kind of make up for that and UFC is not really willing to play ball. Yeah, like they're, they're not getting the points. they were. Well, they might be getting the same points, but it's not coming out to the same money they were getting. Um, yeah, because they're not selling as many pay-per-views. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, just like I'm not too sure on the fighter pay, or I'm not too sure on the breakdown. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. I feel like I don't really care what John I, – I would, I would have to see the numbers, but I would pay John almost anything to fight Francis Nagano. That's just my uh, uneducated um, – just, I just want to see it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know like, what he asked for though. Did he? Was it something like fifteen million dollars to fight him or something like that? I, I don't know. But in the UFC chat, we had somebody was saying that he asked for thirty million dollars or something ridiculous. Yeah, well, that's right because that's, that's what he said Deontay made for his last fight, which is crazy. I mean, honestly, I think if he fights Naganu, that's ten million. He should get guaranteed. I think that's fair. He's a huge draw in the UFC. I think ten million would be fair, but also. I, I don't think it's the right time for the Naganu fight now. The more I think about it, the more I think, like, Naganu needs to... He needs to get the hype with the casuals, which I don't think he's quite there yet. I think all the, you know, hardcore UFC fans know how great he is, but I don't really think it sells. Like, I don't think it sells to be, like, the number one pay-per-view of the year, honestly. Yeah, I think you're right, too. I don't... I. Yeah, I mean, I forget kind of the lens I look through. I'm sure... Tons of people still don't know who he was, know who he is. A lot of people didn't know who he was before Rosenstrike fight. He's kind of like a – yeah, he's more of like the little more serious. Um, not not so much – most casuals probably know who he is. He's not – it's not like Conor McGregor where everyone's tuning in. Even John Jones has never been that level of a, of a superstar as far as outside of – he doesn't draw in as many not, – not UFC fans, but – you know, it's an event when McGregor Let's look fights. At this. Francis isn't Connor. He's not John Jones. He's not DC. He's not Nate Diaz. Like yeah. he's like, who is he? Who who is he on a pay per view draw? We have no clue. He's never done it. You know, yeah. he fought Stipe, which I'm sure didn't draw. I mean, it's it's no offense to him. I think he has everything it takes to be a draw. I yeah. think he's fighting Especially. the way it takes to be a draw. You know, he is the wilder of the UFC pretty much right now, of MMA. Um, I think he can be that huge draw. I just, I think he needs to get out there. He needs to get on, like, Sports Center top 10. I don't know. There's always that yeah. thing that kind of launches you into the mainstream. He hasn't, he hasn't had it yet, which is the problem. He needs to get that before he has this huge fight with John Jones. Yeah, and just to your point, how many people don't know who Stipe is? There's uh, like everyone that's not a <laughs> UFC fan. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, that's, I guess, I, I guess I, I do, I do see your point there. So let's, let's just uh, jump on more 
John was everywhere, so that was just a, that was just one of John thing John's things. There's a, we also have good guy John Jones. Uh, good guy John Jones. He he's out picking up Albuquerque after it got destroyed by um, riots and looting. Um, what else did he do? Oh, he took the uh, spray can. Yeah, he took the spray paint can. So yeah, there was uh, some looters or you know people tagging pl- things in downtown Albuquerque. I, I mean, I'm sure if you haven't seen the video, he there's these guys in masks on the. They look like kids pretty much on the street. John Jones walks up to him and he's like, "Give me the spray paint." And the guy's like, "Uh," and just hands him the spray paint, scared as can be. <laughs> like he goes up to the next kid, "Hey, give me the spray paint." Kid like shits his pants, you know, pisses himself, hands him the spray paint. John Jones walks off. It's like, you know, he's like a vigilante of, uh, of Albuquerque out there. He's the Albuquerque Batman right now. Can you imagine, though, you're out there just causing havoc and you turn around it's John Jones standing behind you? Yeah, puts you in a standing guillotine and drops you to the floor. <laughs> oh, I got, I got another good guy, John Jones. All right, I got another one. Um, he's taken up bike riding, so he's not driving cars anymore. So that's a good thing. That's, that's more good that's guy, good John thing. Jones. Um, but he looks terrible that, on a bicycle though. Like I saw him doing like these little dirt ramps. Like he looks like me when I was like four years old. Like he, he doesn't look like he's ridden many bikes in his life. So, but if it's so keeping he, him out of cars, a, is he a mountain biker or is he riding mountain bikes or skinny tire bikes? Cause I have a, you know, special hatred for skinny tire bikes that ride in the street out here in Arizona and think they're cars. They go 10 miles an hour in a 30, but they feel, I, I don't know if they think they're going 30 miles an hour or what. But then I got to drive behind them and just, you know. Isn't there bike just, lanes everywhere? Yeah, there's bike lanes everywhere, but sometimes they don't have them. Sometimes they won't be riding in the bike lane because they need to take yeah, like a left that. turn. So they're like crossing across. Like, oh, oh man. it. I could go on a rant about this for about an hour. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll stop that. Yeah, but, but let me, let me I, th- I think your anger might be slightly misdirected. I think what you hate is the fixed gear bike guys because they're the ones that can't go fast. Because their their <laughs> yeah. pedals go fa- only go forward their pedals go forward and backward. If you had a speed bike, I got a I got a skinnier tired speed bike. That thing flies, man. If I'm just doing uh, regular traffic, which I don't go out in the traffic, but I could think I could keep up. So I think you hate the fixed gear guys, but I think we all hate them. So uh, good guy John Jones. Though I saw him out. I didn't see him personally. I saw him on the internet putting up plywood on busted up businesses. Um, he's being a productive member of his community. So he's um, Do you think trying he, to bring um, the score back. It- do you think he's like still required to do community service for court or something? <laughs> I hadn't factored that in yet. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe good guy. Maybe there's more to good guy John Jones than we than we thought. So yeah, maybe he's doing two things: knocking out, he's killing two birds with one stone, um, getting his community service hours in, cleaning up the neighborhood, stopping crime. So I got to give him credit. He is the Batman of Albuquerque. Um, he's also relinquished his belt. We didn't really talk about that. He said. Jan and uh, Dom Reyes can fight for his belt. He doesn't want it. Uh, he'll be back in 2021 if they want to pay him to fight Israel Adesanya. So he dropped the Francis thing. So, um, yeah, I honestly, I love that. I I love him dropping the belt. Like, who who's gonna fight Jan Blakowicz? Give me like, what does he need? And it seems like these fights that he's just had to take to kind of keep the division going. He gets closer and closer to losing every time. So I don't think he's gonna lo- would would have lost to Jan. Jan Blockwitz, but I think it's a good move. Just drop the belt, wait till someone gets some hype in the at 205, or you know, fight Izzy in a, in a catchweight or something like that. I think that is, you know, the way to go. And um, you know, I I can't can't say enough. I think that's the right move. What do you think? You got any thoughts on it? Um, 
I just haven't put too much thought in it. I love the idea of super fights, though. I'm I'm all on board on super fights now. I think a couple weeks ago we talked about super fights a little bit. We were just saying they don't we don't really see them that much, but um, I think I'm all on board for them when you get like a like a Francis John or Israel John. Uh, what else does John have to prove? Like the 205 division is literally a graveyard. If he loses, it's a, probably a fluke. He's fighting like these razor thin decisions against guys he. I think he would have murked a couple of years ago. Um, what's he relinquishes the belt? Who's who's going to say he's not the champ? You know what I mean? So yeah, lineal champ. That's really all that matters. And I'm sure he'll come back and take the two of five belt before he retires. But yeah, I want to see the Izzy fight. But kind of like here's a prediction. Boring is the Izzy Silva fight if they do make that fight. Oh yeah, could could be. Um, what about Paulo Costa, John Jones? How about that one? What if Costa, Costa, Costa beats Izzy? Remember my this was my prediction about six weeks ago. Costa beats Izzy, then he goes straight up and takes a two a five pound belt. Hey, do we have any um, intel on what Costa, the American Patriots, up to during all these riots and stuff? I mean, John Jones is out there on the streets. Where's the, uh, where's that Patriot Costa? What's he doing? Oh, man, I don't know. I think he's in Brazil. Last I looked. Um, you're right though. You're right. I forgot that he was a Patriot. He's gonna kill. He's gonna kill Izzy for that. So, um, <laughs> that's the fight. Seen, we need to see that fight. The Adesanya Costa fight. Yes. That is the fight. That's the one I said. I just want, I just want it to be announced. Like, just say it's going to happen. Like I heard Holloway fight Island going to, oh, we'll get to fight Island. We'll, we better move on. We'll get to fight Island. All right, let's jump. <laughs> the, well, okay. So John Jones, he's now, he's saying he's going to retire because he wants more money. Henry Cejudo never came up. I guess he did he, kind of a, he, we heard that he said he wants more money, or he's just gonna walk away. Um, what 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 are we gonna th- what do we got with fighter pay? Uh, I hear this is the biggest criticism of the US, UFC. This is what a lot of the journalists are coming after Dana White about. They say you got money to pay out your celebrity investors, you got money to pay yourself, pay your fighters more. I mean, I I don't have the numbers. I don't have enough research on it. I kind of just stay out of it. It's got to be more complicated than it's, they're making it sound. Um, but you'd hate to see I mean, the number one pound for pound and, like, what was Henry Cejudo, number three, number four, number five, top five pound for pound, walk away within three month, um, two months of each other over possible fighter pay. Yeah, I mean, I think – I don't really – it's hard to say. I mean, fighter pay I mean, is probably way more complicated than we could ever comprehend or kind of get through, get to, but – I trust Dana White. If you know, if Dana White's saying this is all I can pay you, that's all they can pay you. I mean, I think that, you know, boxing, we've seen I don't know if fighter pay has anything to do with, you know, kind of the way boxing has felt, but I I would guess that it does. You know, people fight for almost nothing on those undercards. It's all oh goes gosh. to the top guys. Like the UFC is the UFC because it's got an entire card of good fights sometimes, you know? Other organizations don't have that when we have to, you know, put all the money to the top guys and you got just, you know, you know, just whoever fighting on the prelims. I think it's, uh, you know, so that's why I don't think it's as easy, like shut and closed as, you know, as just pay everybody more money. Obviously, you know, everybody always wants more money. But, yeah, I, I think it's just more complicated than we can even, you know, get into pretty much. So I, if Dana says that, you know, that's all they can pay him, that's all I can pay him. But, uh I don't think now is a great time to ask for more money because I don't think they're doing WME is doing very well with uh, not having any business for since the coronavirus, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's something that Dana's actually said. Um, 
see that they always i'll just say what what i know all right how hard is it okay boxing how hard is it to actually book a real fight in boxing not canelo alvarez against some bum he washes in four or five six rounds how hard is it to get triple g to fight canelo it took forever the guys on the undercard are there might there's guys on the undercard getting sacrificed for twenty five hundred dollars and what Canelo allegedly makes fifty million. How much of that fifty million goes really goes to Canelo? How much really goes to Golden Boy? How much is split up between those promotions? They're multi-promotional. UFC's all under one roof. Um, as far as the celebrity investors, I think that was maybe considered as kind of a walking billboard for the UFC. They wanted to get they wanted to get some of that star power in the in the arenas, tweeting about it, talking about it. Um, advertising basically for it um if they're investors and they paid out a dividend i'm sure it was all pre um pre-discussed before they before they invested so i it's just so hard to walk it back now and say it's it's the number one promotion in in mixed martial arts which is definitely the fastest growing sport um but i like i said i i don't know a ton about it but what if they pay these guys too much what what are the odds they only want to fight once a year twice a year yeah, exactly. And if they pay them too much, they start picking fights more and, you know, yeah, they have time boxing. to wait around in between fights. And yeah, it becomes boxing. And now, like we're a lot of these divisions are held up as it is, you know, so we need to just, you know, I kind of I don't want to, you know, don't fix it if it ain't broke. Yeah. And, and I, I also don't want to say something that I don't know what I'm talking about. And then somebody who actually fights and knows what they're talking about is like, no, it's it's wrong. I don't know. I'm saying I don't know the problems. Uh, one thing I'll say is they probably do need a fighters union just because of the injuries they sustain. Um, obviously the, some sort of fighter pay scale or something, just, um, some, just some sort of protection, I guess I would say just so it's not an every man for himself. I don't know if a fighter union would cause some sort of clash with, the uh, UFC, but I think a union would probably be an okay idea. Yeah, I, I agree. I think then maybe they could get look into the books and actually see if they're ripping all these guys off or if they're actually just are more expenses than, you know, for say boxing. Yeah, yep, exactly. So so I'll just say I would just get more professionals to put it in the hands of because I don't want it to be I don't want it to be tied up. I don't want to be losing some of the best fighters because they don't they feel undervalued. Um, I don't want people to hate the UFC. I don't want and I don't want to have an opinion that's completely wrong either. So um, that's all. That's my whole entire take on fighter pay because I I don't know. Um, some of these guys have second jobs, like we saw uh, that. But that kid, he was making his debut. Um, he might not have that job anymore. So uh, we can move on from that, though. If you got any final thoughts on it, or no, that's about it for me. Yes, same with me because I I just don't have. It's just an interesting. It's interesting to hear it. If I start hearing it more from the fighters, I'd be inclined to take their side more. Um, we'll see what happens, though. So uh, that's kind of, I don't know if we consider that bad news, but let's move on to some good news. Who's, who do you got for Isn't He Awesome this week? <laughs> Is he fucking awesome? Okay, so this one's kind of uh, kind of not what you expect, but I, I'm going to go with Cody Garbrandt. You know, we just started doing the podcast, so no, we were never able to give him his Isn't He Awesome when he absolutely danced on Dominic Cruz. Oh, yeah. So, and since he's, uh, since he's fighting this upcoming weekend, I figure we'll go Post you know, take it, it back, you know, throwback Thursday, whatever it is, and we'll go to uh, Cody Garbrandt and uh, 
We'll kind of post-date this one and, you know, give him his isn't he awesome for dancing on Dominic Cruz. One of the most dominant performances against a champion, I think, you know, I've Definitely. ever seen. And, and, and his peak performance of his whole career. That was incredible. It was kind of a revenge fight, too, because him, uh, him and the Snake Dillashaw were boys back then. Um, he avenged him. Yeah, I like that one. I like Cody a lot. I'm looking forward to him fighting again. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, have you seen his beard? Have you seen New Look Cody? No, I haven't. Oh, man. There's New Look TJ and there's New Look Cody. So if they fought again, like if you held up a picture of them now and you held up a picture of them fighting last year, you'd think the fight last year was from 10 years ago. Um, Cody's got a big beard. I hope he keeps it for the brawl, though. So I'll do my Isn't He Awesome. Uh, Isn't He Awesome I got this week. I got Roosevelt Roberts. He fought uh, fought Brock Weaver. He choked him to sleep. He he pummeled that uh, dog-fighting scum. Hopefully he gets him cut from the UFC. That would really make him awesome. He's got the he's about money. He's got the about money tattoo on his chest. Um, I think the kid's a stud. He's super fast. Stand-up was better than I thought. Ground game was better than I thought. It was a it was a great performance. So that's my isn't he awesome? Mostly I just like him for stomping out Brock Weaver. Let's get that chump out of the out of the promotion. He's a huge bum. Nice, yeah. Um, I agree. So. All right, you got any more? Any more isn't he awesome? Or do you want to do our call outs? No, I I just got Cody Garber. I'm ready for my call out. I was just overlooking it, planning what I'm gonna say, like getting a little more on depth. All so right. I mean. You want me to take the take the first one? Yeah, or you it want to sounds. Do it? It's no. It sounds like you're ready. It sounds like you're ready to go. I should have knocked him out. Brazil, you're a dog. All you filthy animals suck. I got one thing to say. Tyrell Woodley, I'm coming for you. If you don't answer the front door, I'm gonna knock in and I'm gonna take what's mine. That one three bill. All right. So my my weekly call is whoever made the decision to give Tim Elliott and Brandon Royval fight of the night. I mean, you know who what? you are. If you're yeah, they that got was it. not the. Yeah, they got fight of the night. So Tim Elliott and Brandon Royval won fight of the night. So I'm calling out whoever made the decision. I don't know who you are, but you know who you are. And if you're one of our 20 listeners and you hear this, I'm calling you out. So you're taking everything Billy and Spike work for. Fuck that, Conor McGregor! You're taking everything I work for, motherfucker. Or I think it's clear that Billy and Spike got fight of the night. Agreed. You know, so Agreed. we need, you know, we need to find out who this is. If you're listening, we need to, uh, we need to go over and uh, find out who this was and, you know, f- kind of figure out what we can do to make this right because they robbed them of 50K. JLT investigation. Yep. Let's get to it. Oh man. I could not agree more with that. I was on hundred percent on board. Billy and Spike, they earned that. I did not know that that's who got fighting that. I knew Billy and Spike didn't get it. Yeah, and I got a conspiracy theory that they just they told Brandon Royval, if you ever say you have a second job again, like here's fifty K, we're paying you off. You never you go quit that fucking job and you never mention having it again while you were in the UFC. You got that? You made us look you made us look bad. You spiked the you started this fighter pay discussion again. And then I right. almost cried live on air, got everyone emotional about it Pulled during a time like emotion. this. Yeah, you might be onto something, but it can only that can only be uh, discovered through another JLT investigation. Brandon Royval might not be too hard to get a hold of right now either. Probably doesn't have his job anymore, and he's probably not on too many people's radar. His phone's probably still pretty dry. Um, this might be a JLT investigation we can get to the bottom of. My weekly call out here, I got two of them actually. Um, Fight Island, where are you? It's June. Weren't we told June? 
We were told June. Yeah, we were told June. Where is Fight Island? When when are we going to get the announcement that something's going to happen on Fight Island? Am I missing something? Like, there's been no, it's been silence about Fight Island, right? Yeah, I almost forgot about it. Exactly. And why are we letting the best the best crazy idea the promotions ever had die down? If if we don't get Fight Island, I'm not. I was just about to just uh, say I was going to riot, but that's not really. We can't joke about that right now. But it was just going to be like instinct, <laughs> an instinctual joke. But seriously, what happened to Fight Island? Where did that? What? Where did that go? Like, we had so much you're momentum. You're gonna go out in the protest with the "We want fight." Where is Fight Island on? I might have to. I I, I want to be heard. I want to know. I want to know where Fight Island is. I we were hearing stuff about Fight Fight Island up until the last week of May. It was June. Dana said, "I'm gonna stay on the island for the whole month. We're gonna knock out." We're going to knock out three or four cards. Now, all of a sudden, nothing about Fight Island. I'm hoping that when two fif- during 250, we get some sort of just absolutely electric promo for Fight Island. Um, I hope that's why it's kind of like just be – I hope it's just this little build-up to it. But I'm calling it out because I, got, I need an update. I got another call out once you're done. Okay. I You go ahead. I have another one after that too, so I'm calling everybody right. out. If there is a promo planned for Fight Island at UFC 250 – and Ariel Helwani spoils it, you're dead. We will take your ESPN credentials, get you fired. You know, you'll be crying on air back at MMA Fighting with Luke Thomas for the rest of your life. Ariel Helwani, you're on notice. That's a, that's a fight I wouldn't be worried about either. So, yeah, we know he's the spoiler. He spoiled. Was that Lesnar pulling out of what? Yeah, we don't even need, we don't need to get into Ariel Hawani and his snitch behaviors, but yeah, that's why him and Dana aren't friends. So this would be the ultimate revenge move. Spoil this since he's never going to be on good graces with Dana, and he's never getting on Fight Island. I could see him spoiling this. We'll see. But you're right. If he if he wrecks that, um, I'll just, I'm done with him. So my next call out, uh, Gilbert Burns' parents. They got two kids, Gilbert and Herbert. That just seems like setting them up. I guess it worked out because they had to learn to fight. But Gilbert and Herbert, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It sounds like they, it sounds like they were setting these kids up for a hard life. Um, but then you know, I started thinking about it. Thinking about it just now, they could have gone by Gil and Herb, and I don't think they would. I would have had been inclined to give them half the flack. But it's like Gilbert, they're calling him Dilbert. Col- uh, Colby's calling him Dilbert. Kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I mean. Name your kids better. Don't set them up like this. I know you didn't think they were going to be on the world stage like this, but they are. And now you got Gilbert and Herbert. Um, it's, it's probably the two worst brother-brother names I've ever heard. So, uh, parents, that wasn't cool. So, other than that, I got Fight Island and Gilbert's, Gilbert and Herbert and Dilbert's parents. Um, <laughs> that's it for me. You got 48 hours to respond or it's an L on your record. Who do we got? We got um, the guy who gave that fight of the night. We got um, Fight Island and Gil, Gil Herb, and Dilbert's parents, and Ariel Hawani. And Ariel Hawani. We're coming Ariel for Hawani. you. 48 hours or it's an L on your record. All right, let's move on now. We have our UFC 250 preview. This will be our next event. We got it coming up on Saturday back at the Apex Center. Um, this card started out as trash. We bashed it pretty hard. Must have got to the big man because it, it shaped up the next day. Um, this card's pretty good, man. I, I like this card. It's obviously 
not to 249. I don't know how they'll top, ever top that, but this one shaped up quick. It's solid. Yeah, it, it's looking pretty good. Um, I mean, it's still not like one of the best, you know, pay-per-views or anything. It's just a pretty average one. I mean, I wish there was a, you know, I like when Amanda Nunes is co-main, you know, especially in yeah. a fight like Felicia Spencer. I mean, I get it like Cyborg. That's, you know, that's main event all day. There are matchups for Amanda Nunes to be main event. I think it's perfect co-main fight. And if we had, you know, something at the top of this, I think it would be, it would go from being, you know, so-so pay-per-view to a great pay-per-view. You know, you add one big main event on top of that, you know, nope, this card is great. But it's still still not bad for, you know, it's way better than what it was. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm you know, I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah, I think that's my biggest thing is where, where I, what my expectations were a couple weeks ago to what they are now. Like I said, we got Cody Garbrandt on the card. Um, Aljamain Sterling. Um, we got Neil Magny. That's kind of a sleeper fight on there. That's a good fight. Uh, Sean O'Malley, your boy, the Sugar Show. Let's go. Yeah, he he's on the card, so I think he might be the biggest. No, he's not. Uh, Nunez is the biggest favorite on the card. But, um, yeah, it's shaped up. So, uh, like I said, uh, expectations, I would say, like you said, this is kind of a middle-of-the-pack card, but it's definitely improved. Um, I don't know. Is this a pay-per-view you're going to buy, or is this one you're going to uh, watch at a friend's house? <laughs> watch at a friend's house. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I'll probably be watching this at a friend's house. Um, but I will be watching. So um, any fights that jump out right away. Uh, looks like Sean O'Malley's the biggest men, men's favorite on the card. Um, I think we talked about this as like a perfect fight for him. They're kind of building his star. They're still kind of raising his star power. Is he on the main card? Or is he on the uh, top of the I, prelims? I believe he's on the main card, but let me just let me double check here. Is he jerking the curtain yet? I I think he did already his last fight, but I, I'm not sure which of this one is on. Yeah, he did. Uh, maybe his there. last two even. Uh, he is. Nope, he's the first fight of the main card. Nice. So he's still on the rise. Um, did they just? I don't. I think I already asked this. Did they just add this Herbert Burns fight? Um, I think so. I don't even see it. Herbert Burns. I don't even. Oh yeah, here it is. Herbert I got Burns. It on, I done them. It's on on best fight odds. So yeah, they must have just added it, or who knows? Yeah, I'm not sure. So I didn't. I didn't even think about that one. Um, he just like got so hyped up by Gilbert's performance first hiring that he just yeah. had to hop on the next card. Oh yeah, just like the Shevchenkos, dude. These. Um, she didn't deliver, but maybe Herbert will. And if Herbert doesn't, their third brother Dilbert will. Um, so yeah, uh, what do you think about betting on on Spencer for this? Just because the just because of the odds. I only say this because I missed out on the uh, Macy Barber Roxy fight where she was like plus six hundred or something, and I didn't even I didn't even blink at it. Like looking back, why didn't I just throw a little bit on that just for the heck of it? It's a fight. Anything, literally anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you want to light money on fire, you can bet on Felicia Spencer <laughs> on this one. But, I mean, uh, hopefully she doesn't win, and I got to, you know, eat my words on uh, on Sunday. But Well, she's only podcast, plus 475, but, but, yeah, I mean, some of these odds. This one isn't as outrageous. I guess she's pretty good at um, pretty good on the ground, so I think they... I think I think Amanda Nunez should be about minus 1,000. I think minus I 650 too. is a good price. 
Yeah, I, th- I thought so too. I, I feel like Felicia Spencer's a punching bag as far as Amanda Nunez's skill level. Um, Cody Garbrandt, we got him as a favorite, 145 favorite, so it's a pretty close, slight favorite. Um, that's a tough one to bet with the way Cody's been fighting. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think Asunsao might win that one. I mean, Asunsao, he is always there at the top of the division. Um, I think he's a great fighter. I think it's a really tough fight for Cody Garbrandt. I don't know if he has the knockout power that, that Cody needs to worry about, but he's not going to get knocked out either. He's had a great chin in the past, so um, I think that's a, that's a tough fight for Cody Garbrandt. He doesn't take any easy fights, but, yeah, we'll see how that one goes. Is that one a pass for you? That's uh, betting-wise, I'm going to – if I'm going to bet on that one, I'm going to bet on a Sun Sow. Uh, okay. I, I might, yeah. Um, what about Sterling Sanhagen? That's uh, Sterling's a 120 favorite. Sanhagen's a plus 100. Um, I think I like Sterling in this fight, to be honest. I think so, but I don't. I really don't know on this one. They're both, you know, hot right now. They're, you know, up-and-comers. They've been fighting, you know, really good. They've been on good win streaks, and, you know, they look like they are both, you know, potentially uh, – you know, title contenders. So I, I would have, I'm gonna have to look more into this one throughout the week because I, I really don't know who I would go with on this one. I think it's, you know, a coin flip as far as I can tell right now. Yeah, and then we got Neil Magny and uh, Anthony Rocco Martin. Neil Magny's a 140 favorite. Martin's a 120. Um, another close, some no more close odds. Uh, I have a hard time betting against Neil Magny personally. Yeah, I mean, and. Um, I'll get more into this later, but yeah, I, I really like Neil Magny here. Um, I think that's that's the play on this card. Um, Neil Magny, I mean, Anthony Rockamartin, great jiu-jitsu. He's a good good fighter, um, but Neil Magny's Neil Magny, and I, I just, you know, I think that's a good line at minus 140. It seems like Neil Magny's consistently kind of um, under, you know, overlooked in these kind of matchups. Yeah, I've overlooked him before. And then finally for the main card, we got Eddie Winland, Wineland. For Sean O'Malley, I think we're both on board. This is a shot. This is the Sugar Show. This this is the Sugar Show right here, I think. But you know, like I said, I think I said last week, Eddie Wineland, he's he's a vet, and sometimes you see them, you know, come through and kind of, uh, you know, you know, take you know derail the uh, the up and comer. So I mean, Especially I think it's Sean O'Malley all day. Yeah, I think it's Sean O'Malley all day, but you know. He needs to come prepared. He needs to be ready to fight and, you know, do everything he's been doing because if he kind of overlooks a guy like Wineland, he's going to have a long night. Yeah, trap fight. Trap fight. All right, so um, is there anybody else on the card you th- looking at for the betting lines that you like? Um, you got any locks for us? You've been hot. Um, You've taken the lead. Like, You've take, officially taken yeah. the lead in the betting league. Yeah, I've been, been doing good now, but I mean, I, I really like Neil Magny. I think that would be my, the one that sticks out to me the most, the lock that I would say for this week. I think minus 140 is a good price versus, uh, versus Anthony Martin, Rocco Martin. So yeah, I, I'm going to go with Neil Magny. You got anybody you're eyeing up? Whew. You know what? Um, you know what? I would say probably Juicy A. Formenga is a slight underdog. Um, I think that that's a winnable fight for him just for, as a slight underdog, um, just for the money. I think that's a good call. Um, he I would just love fought too, didn't he? Formenga. Um, I don't remember his last yeah, he... fight. 
Oh, he fought on that Lee versus Oliveira card just right before you know that uh, right before they got post all the fights oh, got postponed. Well, that was he, that one. He was actually the lost no to Brandon Moreno. Oh, did he? I didn't see that whole card, mm-hmm. but um, so other than that, I would love to bet Aljamain Sterling. I think I, th- I'm just a kind of a Aljamain Sterling fan, though. I think that might be my heart. Just like I'd love to bet Cody Garbrandt, but I'm not. I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole. Um, I hope he wins, but. Um, other than that, I think I'd, I think I'll take Aljamain Sterling to win this. But again, that could just be me being emotional. But I really like the Neil Magny line too. So that would be my. I guess if I have to pick one lock, I will go with. I'll go with Aljamain, my guy. Um. So that'll be it for my betting uh betting odds there. I haven't been on quite the streak you have though, so I'm gonna leave it. I'm not a professional, so. Um, you want to do some predictions then? Uh, we'll run down the main card. Let's see what we got. Uh, how do you think, what do you think happens? Nunez, Nunez, Spencer. Let's both take a 15 seconds, take a shot at it. Nunez all day. I think, um, you know, I think Felicia Spencer is pretty durable, but, mm, I think this could go to decision. It may it may end up going to decision because you know Felicia Spencer is durable. She showed it versus um, versus Cyborg, or I think it'll be a late stoppage, maybe fourth round. So if I gotta pick one, ooh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say fourth round stoppage, but don't be surprised if it's a decision. All right, I'm gonna do Nunez by decision. I'll do Garb. I'll start um, Garbrandt Asunso. I'm gonna take Cody second round knockout. Let's go. All right, I hope so, but. I'm going to take a Sunset by decision. All right. Um, you're up. You got Sterling versus Sandhagen. Okay, Sterling versus Sandhagen here. Um, I'm going to go Sandhagen. I'm going to pick against you, um, and I'm going to go Sandhagen by decision. All right, I'm going to go Sterling by decision. Uh, Rocco Martin, Anthony Rocco Martin, Neil Magny. Who and Neil how? Neil Magny. Neil Magny decision. All right, I would agree. Neil Magny decision. Um, I'll do Eddie Wineland, Sean O'Malley. I'm gonna say Sugar Show, first round knockout. Let's go. All right, and I I'm gonna say O'Malley, but by decision. I think it's gonna go all three rounds. Wineland's got you know a tough vet. I don't think it's gonna be an easy out. So we're gonna go with O'Malley by decision on that one. All right, anybody else on the card? You any other fights on the card? You got a hunch on or? profile um herbert burns by submission or if he doesn't get the submission he gets knocked out you know he i watched his last fight he's not great on the feet but if he gets it to the ground he's deadly okay okay um yeah that sounds good then so that'll do it then i guess saturday we'll be watching both at a friend's house um We'll be back next week to recap this card, and I'm not even sure. Is there anything next Saturday? I haven't. Uh, I better get some Fight oops. Island news in the next 48 hours. Yeah, we better have a fight at at Fight Island, a card at Fight Island Has next to be. week. Otherwise, we're wasting all of June when it's supposed to be. Let's see when's the next. Let's see when the next. Hang with us here if you want to. You know, a little preview. Get rid of the podcast here. We'll, uh, <laughs> but that is fine. But it's. Let's see here. It says UFC. So I don't know if these are right on Google anymore, but it's Saturday, June 20th. 
at UFC Apex, Jessica I versus Cynthia Calvillo. So oh, that's our next fight. The worst all time. Wait a second. It says UFC Apex? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Fight Island might never happen. And it looks like there's, like, one fight on it. So, oh, just yeah, the main I, event. I saw that earlier, yeah. It's the worst main event of all time. They shouldn't even have announced it. Oh, my goodness. All right, well, I hate to leave it off on that type of bad news, but hopefully the fights <laughs> this weekend are good. Um, UFC 250, check it out. Um, that's it for me. We'll, like I said, we'll be back next week. Um, we'll hopefully have some more news, and that'll do it. Stay safe. Yep. Peace. Smells the opening. on my shirt and a I need a big bag, you heard? Don't break it down, pass it all around. I can serve Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown. Them deep boys in his tennis like, let me buy that. Them broke boys in his tennis like, let me try that. I need a big